There is one sound that's missing in the Colorado mountains, and that's the howl of wolves. Wolves were aggressively hunted and quickly eradicated from the landscapes over 80 years ago. Colorado was the missing link in establishing a range in the Rocky Mountains to connect wolf populations from Mexico to Canada. Well, this could change soon. On November 3rd, Colorado residents will be voting to bring back the gray wolf to the landscapes of Colorado, or not. I think it's important to discuss the pros and the cons of reintroducing wolves back to Colorado. So today, I'll be talking to Cassiopeia Camara, who works with Colorado State University in this very subject. Cassia is a PhD student at CSU in the human dimensions of natural resources, specifically looking at media coverage of wolf reintroduction in Colorado and working with the Center for Human Carnivore Coexistence with a plethora of other researchers. Cassie grew up spending summers volunteering on the Red Wolf Reintroduction Program where her father managed national wildlife refuges that housed them. She's worked at Wolf Sanctuary up in Bellevue and the International Wolf Center as an outreach educator. Cassie is fun, she's intelligent, and I'm so excited that you get to hear her speak today. Hey, Cassie, how are you? Oh, Tampa, my favoritist. It has been too long. Ah, <laughs> oh, this COVID's killing us, kid. It's killing us, I'm telling you. I miss yeah. I miss hugs and stuff, you know. I miss being with people, but here and we are. And annual Yellowstone trip for sure. Oh, uh, don't get me started. I'm crying already. <laughs> I'm crying already. I wish we could all get together. And and it, this too shall pass, as my sister always tells me. This too shall pass, and we will get together again. But I'm happy we're here today. I'm happy you finally, um, uh, you know, tracked you down, and we can do this. But You've done a whole lot of research on the whole wolf aspect of things, and I want to hear about it. So let's just dive in really quick. Tell me about the research you've been doing um, with CSU. Okay, so hi, all you listeners out there. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm Cassie. Um, I'm a PhD student over at Colorado State University. Um, and just to give you a little background on me, I am... You know, I've worked with wolves in varying capacities over the years, um, volunteering for the Red Wolf Reintroduction Program, working at Wolf Sanctuary, working with the International Wolf Center, um, and most of those primarily in educational um, capacities. So my research right now through CSU, we were looking at, uh, we just published a paper on the public perspectives and media reporting of wolf reintroduction. So my part on this paper was specifically the media reporting, and I am working on a follow-up publication that has followed the media from the time that the ballot was actually introduced in November of 2019 through the vote this November of 2020. So some really interesting stuff, and um, we have found quite a lot of cool human components to wolf reintroduction, and I think as Kim definitely can attest to, and I'm sure a lot of you listening, a lot of times when you're working on animal issues, the biggest component of that is humans. Um, so that is kind of where my, not kind of, that is definitely where my research focus is. I'm in the human dimensions of natural resources. So we're looking at the, the human aspect of conservation here. And um, the research, so this publication um, really found that the public perspectives of wolf reintroduction are really varying. Um, we have people who are 
positive impact as well as negative impact. So we've got people through a survey of over 750 approximately um, Colorado residents reported um, balancing the ecosystem. They're excited about getting the opportunity to observe wolves, uh, the fact that wolves might control pests, have arguments about um, morality and it's the right thing to do, that it's, it will increase Colorado state pride, a lot of really interesting aspects. And then, you know, negative impacts, which are a little more uh, predictable. People worried about human safety, hunting opportunities, decreasing um, pet attacks. And so my research on this paper actually focused on the fact that the media coverage was covering a very small percentage of what the actual citizens of Colorado were concerned about. Wow. So I think the human Yeah, sorry, that was a lot. It, but it was good. So thank you for, I'm just going to sit back and relax and you just take right on over. That's perfect. <laughs> so when we talk about the, the, the human, I mean, let's, let's face it, the human um, component is either, it, 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 it's either going to hinder or help the process of wildlife in general, right? This is our problem. This is what I fight about all the time is the human component that wants to interfere with wildlife or with the ecosystems. So with the Colorado, um, so when we talk about this ballot or this initiative or this propo uh, proposition, it's Proposition 114, which is the reintroduction of management of gray wolves here in Colorado. And what I'm seeing, and I was talking about this um, earlier, is we see you know, the, the wolves are so um, hated or loved. There's really hardly anybody in between, right? I mean, no middle ground. There is most controversial species of all time, I would say. It, absolutely, and it doesn't go away. And I think the problem I have, and I don't know, and obviously, I think you're going to see this more than um, you know with your research, but. It's it doesn't change with facts. It's there's so much emotion involved in wolves, whether and it, and it goes back. I mean, this is something that is dated centuries. You know, we, we we talk about you know the Little Red Riding Hood stories and all that, and the wolves always this villain, and it it it's it's not a villain. It's just a wild animal, and it's a very essential wild animal. It is an apex predator at the top of our food chain. And without that, and see, I'm already going off topic, but that's, an, and this is me though, it's that passion, right? Because I believe in a balanced ecosystem. So let's, let's move back. So we've got 750 Colorado residents that you said, and balancing the ecosystem, that's really huge. I would have thought that it would have been more like, um, I, I didn't realize that the majority of people would go there because to me, that's really essential. We've seen what it's done, what's happened in in Yellowstone with the balancing of the ecosystem. It's very essential. So I think that's a really, really key thing that we should be talking about. Um, pest control, you know, um, CWD with deer, those kinds of things. I think that wolves will really help with that. Um, what have you seen in the opposition of wolves coming back? I mean, yeah, is it so... Um, so first, I'd like to say, too, that overall found that approximately 84% of Coloradoans, based on this survey, reported intention to vote for wolf reintroduction. Um, and that's across uh, age demographics, different regions. Um, it was even over 70% along the western slope. Oh, wow. Which is where, yeah, which is where we're expecting, um, if this passes, that wolves are going to be introduced. But in terms of negative impacts, 
um, the things people were most concerned about was human safety, which, you know, we just talked about with Little Red Riding Hood. Mm -hmm. um, still a massive, massive concern for people. Um, over 25% of the articles that we looked at were mentioning those, and 20% of people's responses actually had human safety mentioned in those. Um, hunting opportunities, people are worried about uh, the lack um, or decreasing elk or deer population, so that hunting opportunities are going to be decreased. Uh, pet attacks, again, so still with those, uh, those myths, I like to say myths on that, that um, wolves are going to be dangerous to their pets. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, we'll acknowledge that wolves absolutely may kill pets if they encounter them, um, although those kind of events are very infrequent. Yeah. Um, so I was very surprised by this one. Livestock loss was the fourth um, listed, and I honestly expected that to be one. So um, did so, I. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. So I'm excited. So this is a small media um, pool that we were looking at. So I'm really excited to see what the longer-term one that I'm working on right now is going to see, um, going to show, like, as the media has been amplified in the past couple of months because we're getting so close to the vote, if that has changed. In general, people are worried about reducing wildlife um, diversity in general, uh, like a, kind of this thought that the ecosystem will now change for the worse. Hmm. Um, and wolves are killers. So that was a category that we created where it was just we're thinking that where they would either say they hated wolves um, where wolves are murderers with no specification of what they're going to do. Um, I know you've come across that before. Uh, and then, my head <laughs> then another negative impact, um, conversation and management, gotcha. which I think is an extremely legitimate concern. Is con so, you said competition. What was that again? Compensation, compensation. or management of the wolves. Like, so what's going to happen once they're keeping? So you know what? And I think that's a valid, and I, I, it is valid. Um, it is something we need to think about. Um, for me, and if we went down this line, because we can talk about, and you know, we'll, we can do this for hours and days and months and years, and because <laughs> I have, right? But when we yeah. talk about the cons, um, you know, there's legitimate fears out there. I get it. But, you know, you're going to see more issues with cattle than you do anything else when it comes to um you know, being hurt or human safety. Um, I've been in the backcountry with wolves for years, and I will tell you straight up, I was highly disappointed when my first encounter with a wolf literally squealed like a pig and ran back into the forest. Totally, completely different from what I thought was going to happen. And and I right. went, because they truly are, it's an innate fear of humans, and they will do everything in their power to shy away from you. And in the wild, the chances of you actually seeing a wolf um, are pretty slim unless you are in a position like in Yellowstone or something like that because they will do everything they can to stay away from you. So human safety to me is, um, I understand it because of the fears that we've put out there for centuries, you know, growing up with the stories and all that. Absolutely. But I, I find that to be an interesting thing that it is top of the list because I think it's the least concerning if you actually do research on wolf and human interactions um, um, being hurt or, you know, anything like that killed. Um, hunting opportunities I find really intriguing only because I think it is, um, I, I figured that one, livestock and then hunting opportunities. That's kind of how I thought they would rain down the list. Um, but I find it interesting because 
Colorado has like over 700,000 ungulates. Yeah. So we have the largest, now I'm going to get this, I hope I get this right, so I, I, I hope you can help me with this, but isn't the, um, Colorado has the largest amount of elk on the landscape than any other place in the United States? Is that correct, if I remember? I I want to say that that's correct, but yeah. I'm not going to go with 100%. I do know that it's around 700,000, and I know from some of the research that's out there, the amount that wolves would be taking off the landscape would be insignificant compared to um, hunters or just regular disease. Right. And I think that that, uh, we've got CWD, which is one of the biggest issues out there right now. And it's, uh, and it's something that I know we're working on um, discussing, you know, in multiple facets, and it'll be a discussion here as well, other than just Wyoming, Idaho, and Utah. But CWD is an issue. And Wolves are innate at smelling disease and killing the ones, you know, animals that are, um, you know, um, sick, old, weak, those types of things. So they're really good at um, culling the herd from disease and so on and so forth. So they're a natural, um, it, it's a natural way of doing these things. We can't see CWD and it's a dangerous thing. So, and you know that you, you've studied that, you know, so. Yeah. To me, I think um, I think that's false. I can also put out there just to start, you know, because right now I, I, these are just things that, you know, if I can dispel this, it's great. In Montana, in 1995 and 1996, when wolves were reintroduced, there were approximately 85 to 90, we'll go 95,000, I don't care, uh, 90, 85 to 95,000 elk on the landscape in Montana at the time. Fast forward to 2000 or 2020, 2019, we have over 140,000 elk. Now we can go higher, but we know that uh, Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks plays with their data a little bit. So I'm going to stick with 140,000, 135 to 140,000 elk on the landscape. So to say that your hunting opportunities are going to diminish, the elk populations are not going to, it's going to make them stronger. Yes, you will have to get out of your vehicle and hunt because wolves will move them around and make them healthy. They will not be stagnant herds like you see up in Moraine Park in, in Estes right, or in, in Rocky Mountain National Park. Right. They're not, they're going to move. They're going to become healthy. So the hunting aspect will change in the fact that you do have to hunt again. Um, they're not going to be pockets of, wool or of, of elk everywhere like they, there is now. So I get that, but that's the point of hunting, right? It's either get out there, be a part of the land, walk the land, find the animal, and go that route. Roadside is just killing. Um, pet attacks, scary thought. Yeah, I, I would be fearful as well. Um, I get it. But it is very, very, very few and far between that we see that. And um, But I understand it, and I respect it. But... You know, yeah. I'm, can I take us back to CWD for a second? Please, too? please. Yeah. So for anybody who is listening who isn't aware, CWD is chronic wasting disease, and it's a prion disease that is uh, neurodegenerate to the brains of ungulates. So we're talking deer, elk, moose. Um, and there is small evidence that carnivores can affect um, that. Yes, we do know bears, wolves, lynx, all those animals are hunting for um, 
other animals, other prey that has weakened immune systems and things like that. Because, well, one, it's going to be way easier, right? Why, why would you work harder? Work hard or work smarter, not harder. That's what carnivores are really great at doing. Um, and I think in terms of having people concerned about their hunting opportunities decreasing, CWD and other infectious prions are going to drastically affect those populations way more than having a another carnivore on the landscape of Colorado. So um, prions are still really misunderstood. We know that it, pass, it can be a bind bound, not, yeah, bound to a blade of grass through urine or feces. Okay, so the, the trans, um, transmissible effects of these are just uh, massive. So I think that we'll be seeing that, especially in western Colorado into Wyoming, um, is going to be a much bigger concern for those ungulate herds than having uh, another predator on the landscape. With that, Cassie, do you believe, though, I mean, and, and as I'm, I'm trying to suggest, and I think we've we've put that out there in Montana, especially with uh, Fish, Wildlife, and Parks, to say, hey, listen, you know, wolves can actually be a big benefit to the fight against, or a benefit. I'm not going to give it a big benefit, but a benefit towards the fight against CWD and other uh, ungulate diseases. I mean, I think they're looking into it a lot more detailed on some, a few research projects that I know that are going on right now. So I wouldn't. I would honestly not say that I think there'll be a big help, but I think knowing the way that carnivores, especially wolves hunt, knowing that they're going after, um, you know, ill animals and things like that, obviously the correlation is there. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's, like I say, I don't want to put a big, but it, it is helpful and it's a natural tool. And, you know, like I said, you, unless that animal's already in the crazy phase of the CWD, which is a horrendous thing to watch, but you're not going to yeah. notice it. You're not going to see it when you're out hunting that a, 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 an ungulate has CWD, whereas the wolf and other predators um, can smell it and uh, they're going to take, take that animal first by all means um thanks for that so yeah i so i know i'm the interviewee here but i have a question for you as i am i've been kind of working on the the back-end research side of this i was wondering as a uh citizen of Colorado, i know that you're um you have a background with wolves too but are you feeling excited about this coming up <laughs> i am and but, i'm yeah just to put a spotlight on you yeah, no, I am. I'm, I'm stoked. I, I would love to see, I mean, I'm back in Colorado, you know, that's, that's hard because I love to be around, you know, the, the wild, I love wild, um, um, Anything. I, yeah, if it's, it's not, you know, it, we're missing a component in Colorado, you know, we're missing wolves, we're missing apex predators, we're missing a lot of that, um, you know, that pyramid, that trophic cascade, that, that, you know what I mean? We're missing that. And I'm stoked. I would love to have wolves back here. I, to hear the howl of a wolf to me is it's, yeah, that's the depths of my soul. Pretty so, close to perfection. Yeah, it is. And I truly believe just knowing, uh, the grounds, um, in Yellowstone as I do and knowing what it was like prior to wolves and what it is like today um, and I'm just talking about the, the landscape, the ecosystem itself. It's so much healthier and watching everything coming back and 
it's so important, and it goes back to the balancing of the ecosystem. There's more to it than just, oh, we put a wolf here. They really do change our landscape. Um, but for me, it's, it's, all about, it's all about seeing them in the wild and, and, and that, that wildness of, of um, our mountains. You know, to me, it's, yeah, I'm stoked about it. Um, I have my, pres- you know, my, my reservations about how things are going and how they should have been done or not should have been done. And, I, and I've had conversations with some pretty important biologists about this. Um, right. But what, so, you know, be- besides all the, the, the issues and compensation, and we'll talk about those things, but when I look at the 2020 state ballot, you know, the, the information booklet that they have, <clears throat> and they yeah. give you kind of the, the summary of, of what is Proposition 114, vote yes or no, yada, yada, yada. You know, they talk about what happens if Proposition 114 passes, right? And that Colorado, this is where I start getting a little kind of, eh. It's a little wonky. It gets wonky. I'm not a fan of wonky. That's the the scientific term for it. Well, that's, I'm going to try to spell it. Wonky. Um, so it, the first thing it says in the summary and analysis for Proposition 114 is what happens if Proposition 114 passes? And it says the Colorado Parks and Wildlife Commission will be required to develop a plan, hold a statewide hearing. I mean, all of these things by December 31st of 2023. Let, let's kind of discuss that a little bit because who, who uh, you know, it, uh, what are they going to do? You know, pulling, we've got great plans that are out there that need to be revamped. Are we going to utilize data from 1989 like they did with 1995 and 96 reintroductions where now that science is, is, is changing because we do know a little bit more, obviously, um, and we need more than 10 packs and, and 150 wolves in order to uh, create connectivity and sustainability and viability. You know what I mean? So what are they going to do? You know, um, I think that's a great question. I wish I was privy to all of those details. Um, I will say that I think that there was some intentionality, but, um, around making it a little more vague. And I, I believe that the hope there was that it would be flexible enough for the, uh, Colorado parks and wildlife to be able to develop a management plan to do just to bring in some of those other experiences that have happened across the United States um, and really make something that would work specifically for Colorado because this has happened before. We know the things that work. We know the things that don't. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I think the frustrations and the vagueness that I think somebody like you or me might feel um, actually has a a specific intent behind it. Um, I think the thing I am most and I mean, I'll admit this, having worked uh, alongside this for the past couple of years, I am still a little confused on <laughs> who ends up having complete control. Because exactly. I was un- yeah, I was under the assumption that when this happened, although wolves are under the Endangered Species Act, that they would be moved to Colorado management. And I believe that CPW came out and said, uh, made a statement that they would still be under the uh, federal management. Yeah. So, and as we know, if we've got uh, federal management and call and state management involved, obviously they're going to have different um, goals, different priorities, and things like that. And that could become a very complicated situation. So, I do understand from a management perspective how 
<laughs> the vagueness also might not be serving them as best as they w- would be hoping. Well, I know that Fish and Wildlife has been um, trying to um, take the wolf off the endangered species list. And right. yeah. if, if they yeah, did, uh, then it would just be exactly. And if they did that, then states, then if this occurred and, and, and the ballot was um, uh, pushed through and voted on uh, as a yes vote, um, if, if, if the federal government dropped the enda- uh, them from the endangered species list, um, then it would be strictly by state. But as we did in Montana and Wyoming and Idaho and all that, there was a definite criteria. So it is, it's very confusing because this is a state initiative, not a federal initiative. Am I getting that? Right. And this has never been done. <clears throat> right, right. So, you know, we, we would be, um, we would potentially be a guidebook if another state did want to do something like that. Which could be great. Uh, I, Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and I, I think it's uh, had some extra complexity to it, too, in case anybody is listening who didn't know, there was actually some confirmed wolf sightings this past year, uh-huh. um, which kind of you put a wrench, I think, in, in some of the this plan, because then the argument started with, well, you know, what if they're coming here naturally already, and things like that. Um, <laughs> well, we also just, know that two of them are dead, I believe, because of the knowledge that they're here. I think two of them shot. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I just wanted to put that out there too that we have we have really even if they did start coming and I'm sure that there are probably a few that are here um, that we won't say where they are because you don't want them to get shot either. But um, reintroducing them would create this mass corridor between um, Mexico basically all the way up to Canada, which yes. would be one of them throughout the globe, which I think is something that hasn't been talked about enough on right. either side because that's that can be a huge giant connectivity. But this will really will change the landscape. I want to thank Cassie for hanging out with me a little bit today. We were having a few technical difficulties, so we decided to do something really important, and that is to bring this to the audience for a live Q and A because it's really important to discuss this before uh, the November third elections. Proposition 114 is something that we need to talk about. Bringing wolves back to the landscapes of Colorado is not only a, an ethical choice, but it, it really truly is something that will make the uh, ecosystem stronger and better. But there are things we need to talk about and concerns that people have that I believe um, need to be addressed, for one, and two, they're valid concerns. So keep an eye out on uh, Wolves of the Rockies' um, Facebook page as well as wolvesoftherockies.org, our webpage. Um, this will be happening in this next week, so keep an eye out for the link so that you can uh, chime in to the Q&A. Once again, thanks so much to Cassie and NRS Rafts, and uh, we'll be back with you guys in just a few days. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, folks, if you like being out on the water as much as we do, you got to check out NRS nrs.com right now they got their fall clearance going on and you can look at kayaks sups rafts whatever it is that you want to do on the water they've got it for you and all your safety equipment to go with it once again nrs.com check them out fall clearance sales going on right now